Welcome to this episode of Wild Wolf Love. I'm Christina Crowley, and I'm so glad you're joining me today. Today I'm going to talk about a number of things. The first thing is going to be about dog parks. Dogs needing that social interaction that they get. Some of them can get it from dog parks. I am going to answer a listener question. I got one last week about last week's episode, and I'm going to answer that. And then I'm going to give you a little preview of next week's episode. I have a dog trainer coming on, and uh, she gives us some really interesting tips. And she talks to us a bit about, well, I'll I'll finish that in just a moment. (laughs) But first, I'm going to talk about uh, dog parks. I have brought my dogs to dog parks for years. And as we live closer and closer in suburbia, in in the city, it can be a really good thing. It can be a good social experience for them. It can also be a place where your dogs get a little bit of exercise. And that can be a good thing for them. And I had brought my dogs to one a dog park in an area town that I used to live in, and I was comfortable bringing them there. And uh, we were about to get to move. And, you know, I've been a dog walker for a lot of years. And so I don't so much bring dogs to dog parks. I take them around the neighborhood they're in and I walk them. And I just started bringing my dogs to a dog park on a whim. And it worked out because my dogs were somewhat social and they needed that socialization of being around other dogs. I was getting ready to move and we weren't going to go to that dog park anymore. So I was kind of like, okay, yeah, it is time to search for a new dog park. Got to my new area town that we had moved to. Talked to one of the trainers at my local uh, store. I said, I know of two dog parks around here. And which one do you prefer? Because there was one that was it was beautiful. It was on acres and acres of land. There was a hill we could take a path around. It was probably a good half a mile, a mile walk. It was gorgeous. And I thought, wow, I'm going to love that. Because I'd driven by it a number of times. I'd just never driven in and gone in there. And then there was the second one, which was smaller. Uh, it was probably, oh, maybe 100 yards by maybe 20 yards, 30 yards. And then there was another half to it, which was equally the same. And on one side, they grew grass while the other side got used for the dog park. Really nice. It was in a neighborhood and people knew each other. And I knew of both of those. The trainer at the PetSmart said to me, research them. She goes, I know of the one that's divided in two. And I like that. I know people who go there and it's well behaved and everybody kind of knows each other. It is a nice kind of a little community. And, but she said about the other one, she goes, I have an uncle who is with the sheriff's department and the animal patrol. They're out there two, three, four times a week because a dog fights and dogs biting people and just that bad behavior. People don't take fabulous care of themselves. And that is what he tells me. And when I had been out there, she said, I I noticed there's just poop everywhere and people didn't pick up after themselves and I didn't like it. It is nice to be able to get a, a hike in or something, but I would go there if you're going to go there at a very off time when there aren't a lot of people there. Because if your dog gets away from you and they're up the hill and there's a fight going on, yeah, you're going to have a little adrenaline, but it's, it's still going to be hard to run up that hill unless you're in fantastic shape. She said, just be careful, do your research. So I did do a little research and I found that, yeah, that was what was true. 
And I also found out that, yeah, it was poopy. It was, it just wasn't as well kept as I wanted it to be. So it looked lush and green from the side of the road and it wasn't fabulous. And I, I went there and visited it without my dog. I visited both parks without my dog. And that is what I suggest you do. Visit the park you want to go to without your dog. Now, people might look at you funny, but, you know, go in and maybe strike up a conversation with someone. Say, hey, do you bring your dog here a lot? What do you think about it? Now, they're there, so they might probably think, yeah, it's okay. But making that conversation with someone, one, people are going to be as suspicious of you thinking you're going to nap their dog. Because those things do happen. But that's another episode. But talking to people, getting to know them, getting to know if it is a bit of a little bit of a community, finding out if it's a place where you want to bring your dog, seeing if a scuffle breaks out and how it's handled. Because they do break out, how is it handled? I, I brought my dogs there and my Millie. She's kind of a grumpy old lady and she's kind of a loner. She's kind of scared. So it is good for me to go there, play a little ball with her because she's a retriever. She loves ball. And Violet, I'm I'm bringing this up because she hasn't been to a dog park yet. She's a few years old. She's got her shots. I can go there. I'm going to get my vaccine for COVID. We could go back to the dog park because I usually wait till about one to two years old until my dogs have all their vaccinations to go to a dog park. And that's why Violet hasn't been to one yet. So this summer, I am going to go back to that dog park and making sure it hasn't changed over the the two years so that I haven't been there and, and check it out again and get a little bit of that socialization. And I'm sure some of you are like, well, what's wrong with doggy daycare? There's nothing wrong with doggy daycare. And that brings me to the dog trainer guest that I'm going to have on Eve Molson. And she is a dog trainer. She also owns a doggy daycare and I'm going to have her on next week. And she's going to talk about the benefits of a doggy daycare. And it's changed since they first, since they first came on the scene. And I think you'll you'll find it exciting. She has some great tips and she has some really good information about doggy daycare. So that's my thoughts on a little bit of socialization. Socialization is an ongoing thing. Dog parks are part of it. And so think about that. Take that on, for example. If you go to a dog park, make sure that your dog is old enough and mature enough to handle it and that they do have their vaccines. And now for what Elizabeth asked. Elizabeth wrote into the show after listening to last week's episode via wagwooflove.com using the contact form on there. She asked me a question because last week I talked about communicating with your dog and using those happy words. Good girl. Good boy. Good dog. Because my dog slipped outside and I wanted to get them back in and getting them in quickly. And she asked me, what about using no when the dogs went outside? And it's a very, very understandable reaction. But I didn't want to spook my dogs. I wanted to get them in and I got them in. I was wrong in that picture. They slipped out because I was doing something. I was doing my maneuvering in a way that I do is when we're getting ready to go out for a walk. So one, they didn't know better because I was giving them verbal cues, well, physical cues, not the verbal cues that I would normally give that we're going for a walk. They weren't real, real excited as normal because I've been working on that to keep them, you know, keeping them taking it down a notch because I don't like them being crazy excited when we first go outside because it's just, it's not the kind of behavior I want. So I was partially wrong and them slipping outside. They were not really too wrong because they went outside without their leashes and collars on, but they didn't know they didn't have them on. 
of their dogs. They forget. They just go in the moment. And that was the awesome thing. They went in the moment, but they came back in the moment too. And that was something that I had worked on. And I think in using no, that word is oversaturated. It is, it's oversaturated in our vocabulary. And those of us who work at home, if we're working on the phone, you might say no 60 times a day. You might say no in your life a hundred times a day. And you're not always talking to your dogs. And you want your dogs to react to the words in the way you want them to react. And I know this firsthand because uh, when I used to work in the financial services industry, I worked at home and I took, I, there were days where I could have taken 60, 70, 80 calls in a day. And I had to be very clear in my vocabulary of what I would and wouldn't do for people. And no was a big part of that vocabulary. No's a part of our vocabulary and we're talking on the phone to our friends. No, I don't want to go do that. No, I don't want to do this. No, thank you. But you know, think of how many times you may say no. And your dog may be sitting in the room with you listening to that. You're saying no, they're doing nothing, and there's no consequence for what you're saying no for. They're kind of confused. That's where it gets saturated. That's where that no gets watered down. And I tend to work, use like single syllables because most of the time when I'm going to use a no, it's because I'm outside when I'm walking them. I use a no because that is if I'm walking really fast or I'm running, I'm out of breath. I can get out a syllable like that. It's not the particular no. And when my dogs are in really big trouble, it's nine. And nine can come out really snotty and mean. And uh, and they pay attention to that. I also like that it's a one-syllable word. I mean, I just said that and they both were at attention looking at me. That means something to them. And it's not in my everyday vocabulary. I like uh, one-syllable words. Now, the dog trainer, Eve. She's gonna, she was on with me and I talked to her a little bit about this. She uses uh uh, she uses uh uh in her business with her doggy daycare a lot and in training dogs because that is, it's not no, but it means no. And so, Elizabeth, when you're gonna use no, what find a word that means no, that'll mean no to your dogs. It doesn't have to be the word no, it is the meaning that they get from that coming out of your mouth. Now, it's just the same as sit. You don't use sit with people in your everyday lives. If you do, it's very rarely. I use hold. They know what hold means. Uh, they know what down means. They know what come means. They know what come on means. Uh, KK is yes, uh, because I use that when we're walking because I give them a little bit of free time on the leash where it's kind of loose and I don't hold them back. I don't make them heal. That's what KK is for. Uh, I've figured out where I'm going to use the vocabulary in communicating with my dogs. And I also take into consideration their personality. Do they need one syllable words? Because other two syllable words are just a little too much when they are wild and outside and they need to simmer down. Uh, personality is something I'm going to talk about in future weeks. But right now, consider the words you're going to use for no. And also going back to the dog park, before you go to the dog park, work on your game face, work on your neutral face, work on uh, the face that doesn't show fear, work on the face that you can use. Say, come here, boy, come here, come, come, whatever word you use to make your dogs come back to you, that they see your face in a, in a way that doesn't scare them, that doesn't 
uh, I'll give you an example. There was one time with a, with a dog of mine years ago that she was never afraid of thunder until there was this big crack of thunder. It scared the heck out of me. She saw my reaction. Therefore, she was afraid of thunder for years on. And I was like, oh my goodness, I didn't have my game face on. I knew there might be some thunder coming. I didn't know there's going to be that crack of it, but I didn't hold on to my game face. And that was partially what I was doing when my dog slipped outside. I had my game face on to bring them back in. I didn't have to use a negative word. I didn't have to raise my voice. And that was a good thing because they will do that behavior again and again and again. And that's because I practiced that. And that brings me on to next week. We're going to have an episode with E. Molson on the show. And she is a dog trainer in La Crosse, Wisconsin. She runs a doggy daycare. And she is a great resource. We had a wonderful conversation. And I can't wait for you to be able to listen to that, too. All right, everyone. If you have any questions, please go to wagwithlove.com. You can uh, submit your questions through the website. and. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to it. I'd be thrilled if you would. And if you would recommend this to your friends, that would make me even more happy. I would love that too. I want to say thank you so much for listening to today's episode. On behalf of Millie and Violet, my office mates today, while I am recording this episode, they thank you too. Now for the love of all dogs, go and have a good day. (laughs) 